Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new and settling stories, taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. Over the course of my life, I've had so many things happen where I just get a gut feeling, almost like a warning alarm going off. Sometimes I'll find out why, sometimes not. Many years ago, my husband and I attended this small local church in our small town. The town doctor and his wife attended and were a prominent part of the congregation. The doctor's brother also attended, and everyone else seemed to like him. On the way home one Sunday, I told my husband, there's something wrong with that guy. I don't know what it is, but I know that he shouldn't be trusted. My husband didn't understand why I felt that way. He and pretty much everyone else at our church thought that the brother was a nice guy and an upstanding citizen, just like his doctor brother. Little did we know what we'd find out. Several months later, the brother was found at a carpool parking lot in a van essaying a small child. It was uncovered. There was a long line of abuse with several young kids that he had been entrusted with through a Big Brother-type mentor program. And while this discovery was shaking and disturbing on its own, it's made even more deplorable to find out that there have since been more accusations of abuse made against this man within our small community. When watching the TV news one morning to see this story break... My husband turned to me and his mouth absolutely hit the floor. He couldn't believe that my gut instincts had been right all along. This may in fact explain why, in our long marriage, he's yet to question my gut ever again. When I was a child, I lived in Clinton, Tennessee. Both of my parents worked full-time, so... I was often sent over to stay with my grandparents, who had a plot of land in the vicinity of Mossheim, near Greenville. Both Grandma and Grandpa had been in East Tennessee for their whole lives, and that area for a good many years. They had been established at their home for some decades before this story, and remained there for a good time after. Recently, I had reason to return to that area, after spending a majority of my adult life in Minnesota. Being in and around the area, 
driving the same roads, made me reminiscent about my lazy summer days, tucked away at my grandparents, learning to shoot on the same 22 with which Grandpa had taught Mom, feeding fish at a neighbor's stocked pond, or spotting deer and bear with binoculars from the back porch. When I relayed this to my mom, she in turn told me a story about a time I scared my grandpa half to death, then lied about hanging out with Bigfoot. At first, I had no idea what she was talking about. Then I remembered exactly what actually happened with startling clarity. New context given by the experience adulthood provides. And no, this isn't about Bigfoot. Before we start, some information about my grandparents' land. Their house was on a small hill surrounded by a grass lawn. The lawn gave way to a smallish hayfield, then the wood line. Those woods lasted for a good half mile to either side of the home, and a good several miles to the back. I hated the hayfield, because it was too pokey to play in, but I liked to hang out in a creek that ran behind it. To get there, I would walk to the edge of the property just inside the wood line to avoid the hay. While at my grandparents, the only rules were that I stay where I could see the house, so the house could see me. I was to take a whistle with me anywhere I went, although I never took the whistle, seeing it as a badge of my regrettably young age. And the best part of the crick was, it was out of sight of the house. There was only a single narrow stretch where it got deeper than my knees, and thus the only part where I could swim. Naturally, I spent much of my time in that water splashing around, skipping stones, and otherwise just being a kid. One day I was playing in the creek, when I noticed someone. It was a man, a stranger on the bank watching me. He had long hair, a beard, and pale skin so dirty that it was stained. I couldn't tell his age and simply thought of him as old. I have no better guess now as he clearly went through long years of hard living. He wore no shirt, no pants, only a wrap of dirty cloth around his waist that I thought of as a Moses dress thanks to some illustrated Bible stories. Around his neck there were multiple necklaces made from knotted tatters of cloth, fiber, and string. In those knots were various pieces of detritus, mostly bones, but some flowers and bits of dark glass. When I first saw him there by the creek, I was terrified, frozen still. The man, however, was smiling. He gestured from his squat with an outstretched arm, fingers down in a kind of don't-stop-for-me type of wave. I didn't react, startled and reeling. Then he splashed at me, still smiling. He did it once more. I splashed back. And soon, we were playing. We both threw water at each other. He jumped into the creek and stomped around with me, laughing all the while. He threw rocks into the water, and so did I. I pushed him. He pushed me back. We carried on for some minutes until my grandma called for me. With her voice, a switch had turned off. The man stopped in his tracks, gaze fixed back towards the house. Then as my grandma kept on hollering, he looked to me. He crept back to his side of the creek, barely disturbing the water as he moved then slid into the brush, completely silent the whole way, holding my gaze. 
Once he was out of sight, I waited in the water until my grandma found me. She wanted to know if I was alone. I said no. She became very tense asking who was with me. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. While also looking around. I didn't answer. I didn't know how. Seeing no one... She pulled me back to the house without any more words, gripped like iron the whole time. At the house, the real inquisition began. I didn't really have new words. The event and this reaction overwhelming my ability to explain. Such silence further irked my grandma, and I was swiftly placed in a corner, held without bail, awaiting patriarchal judgment. About an hour later, my grandpa came home from work. He was told about my churlishness and was ready to set into me again when I started talking. I told him about the man, hairy and old, dressed like Moses, about how he played and then disappeared. I remember they digested this for a few minutes before sending me to my room. I was happy to go, and happier still Grandpa did not yell like he usually did when I misbehaved. Later, I was brought out for dinner. I ate in the kitchen with Grandma. But Grandpa called me to the back porch. He was on the swinging bench, looking out over the hayfield, turned red by the setting sun. He had kicked off his boots and put them next to his shotgun. I knew that was odd for the gun to be out of the closet. Previously, we had used it to shoot bottles. Sometimes he would have me throw them into the air like they were clay pigeons. These escapades were accompanied with speeches about how the gun was dangerous and only for adults to use. He went through my story once more, his tone deadly serious. Eventually, he asked me how hairy the man was, really. I told him very, thinking that this was the right answer. He asked where. I told him everywhere, like a bear. He ruminated on this for a while, and I grew more nervous, worried I was in trouble, or causing trouble just wanting the trouble, wherever it lie, to end. So when he finally asked me to swear in the name of Christ and on my mother that I was telling the truth about everything, I said that I had been joking. He finally yelled and then sent me back to my room once more. From that point on, the family memory became that I had hid by the creek and made up a tale about Bigfoot. Although, I know for a fact that there was no Bigfoot involved. Just a very dirty stranger in tattered cloth that my child brain and vocabulary couldn't have explained if I had tried. I didn't want to tempt fate and potentially get into the trouble that I had feared was coming my way. And that's why I gave in and said that I had been telling stories in the first place. But even today, it still makes me wonder who it was that I came into contact with that summer day. What they were doing out there and if they're still out there now. I live in Finland, in a fairly small city, 
and this happened to me a year ago, when I had just turned 14. It was Friday evening, and on every Friday, our mom lets us go to the store and buy candy. So me and my 12-year-old sister left our house to go to the store, while it was already dark outside. We made our way to the closest store, which was just over a mile away. While walking at some point, we noticed that there's a man walking behind us in the same direction. I didn't think much about it at the time, thinking that maybe he was just heading to the same store we were. So I continued chatting with my sister, while the man is behind us, following from a safe distance. We get to the store with no complications, and so does the man behind us. We take our time selecting our candy, get to the register to pay. While I was packing our haul into my backpack, I saw this man buying only a single chocolate bar himself. I thought that was a pretty far way to go for just a chocolate bar. And at this point, my suspicions begin to rise surrounding this guy. I get out of the store with my sister, and we begin making our way back home. We walked for a while, and I quickly glance over my shoulder to see that man once again following us. I take a look at my sister, who seemed totally unaware about the man's presence. We continued our walk, and up ahead of us was an unlit dirt road that continued for a good part of the trip. So I look over my shoulder once again, and that man was still about 60 feet away from us at this point. I was almost certain that he was following us because on our way to the store, he didn't walk this part of the way behind us. The dirt road goes through a forest, and it had a curve at the start of it. Once we hit the curve, I look back once more and notice that I can't see the man, so I assume that he can't see us. At this point, I pull my sister with me into the woods as we duck down behind leaves and logs. My sister is saying something and I just whisper, stay quiet, to her as I wait for the man to come down the road. I see his shadow approaching, hear the sound of his footsteps pounding as he walks down the path. He passes our hiding spot by about 10 feet before he stops in his tracks. It looks as if he's looking around, looking for us. Now I'm absolutely certain that he was following us. My heart was racing and I tried to be as quiet as possible. He didn't find us, instead continuing his trek forward, all the while looking to his left, right, and behind. We stayed in the forest for a while before getting the courage to come out. Once we were sure that he was gone, we walked the rest of the way home with no other problems. Once home, we eat our candy and have a good evening. But this whole experience really did bother me for a while. And it even bothered my sister once I had explained what we had narrowly avoided. Thinking about this still gives me the chills. And the thought of getting caught in that situation creeps me out even more as I try not to think about it. Since this event, we no longer wait until after dark to do our candy run. If for some reason we can't make it out before the sun goes down, then we just wait for Saturday. And to the man who absolutely tried to follow two young girls home one night, I pray that I'm never in a position where I'm actually forced to meet you. Have you made the switch to NYX? 
Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com.